Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... By adding strides, you're doing two things. One, you're getting the joints moving. Joints moving causes a thing called synovial fluid to move. That's like the oil that we need. The second thing is it lengthens and by trying to stride quicker, you really are turning on and activating the muscles. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. It is the podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Or if we were to change the title and make things sound a little bit more accurate, we could rename it your weekly dose of COVID positivity. (laughs) Don't panic. I'm keeping myself socially distanced. I'm locked in the cupboard, which I am every week. I was preempting COVID. I cannot believe I've managed to avoid it for so long finally caught up with me. It was always going to happen, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because last week during the podcast, obviously, we found out that Marty had it, and then a couple of days later, you've been struck down yourself. How's it been for you, by the way, COVID? Right. So, you're smiling when you ask me this, because you know absolutely how <laughs> bloody awful I have dealt with it, and I will hold my hands up here. Now, it is very strange, because normally... And honestly, I mean this, normally when I have a bit of a setback in training, so you're forced to have some time out through injury or illness or that kind of thing, I generally deal with it pretty well. Okay, when I first started running, I didn't. But over time and experience and all that sort of stuff, being a coach, I actually deal with things really well. I just accept it, you know, control the controllables like I advise other people. But for some reason, it affected me massively. Like, honestly, I've been awful. Martina said, you're just, you're terrible. You're like the world's worst sick person. And I didn't think I was. And I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it's because I just felt like the, because it's obviously been so nice. People know, like, really hot weather. Like, I, I love running in the heat. I know some people struggle, but I really enjoy it. I couldn't get out there. I just felt like my training was going really well. I was super fired up after coming back from holiday as well. So I was really up for kind of smashing it. Uh, working towards Valencia Marathon in December and then just to kind of have you have have the running taken away from you I was like oh god I just yeah I I just felt distracted and irritated I am feeling a lot better today so I'm going to try a sneaky little run just a little jog nothing crazy sure but man so like the running was taken away from you I get that and that's the biggest effect that's the biggest problem it's almost like um, it's nothing to do with the sniffy nose it's nothing to do with a cough it's nothing to do with shortness of breath it's a comorbidity it's the fact that you know your, your, your running has been taken away from you that's the, the big effect and how has it been like could you have gone out and run have you been short of breath because Covid affects different people in different ways no absolutely not I mean I was proper wheezy coughing i wouldn't be surprised if i end up coughing during this this recording hopefully not and we won't have to kind of edit these coughs out so i'm, I'm clearly still not 100 but i do feel a lot better but i just felt wheezy i had a headache i didn't get the fever martina had a fever um but i just i just didn't deal with it very well and, and then what what i started to do was i was aware of the fact i wasn't dealing with it very well does that make sense i had that awareness actually jake you know you're really you suck at managing this in your mind right now. <laughs> so that was that was that was fueling the whole thing and the frustration because then I was getting annoyed with myself that I wasn't dealing with it well. So it was like just a very strange situation. But I did it. Martina and I spoke about this the other night actually, and, and we were saying that it's really interesting because quite a few of my runners have had COVID at some point uh, throughout kind of you know the past few years, and we, we know that it's kind of on the rise again seemingly. Obviously, lots of people have been jabbed up and stuff, so hopefully nothing too traumatic, but you know don't feel good for a little bit of time so being ill is not good anyway right if you feel ill it's not great you want to you can feel frustrated you want to get better but added to that 
that you run and you focus maybe on some goals and times and races and things, I think that makes things worse because no longer you're not just frustrated with feeling ill. You're frustrated with being ill, but also the fact that you're not able to run. So then you start to feel like you're going backwards and, oh, I've got this race to train Mm. for and I'm missing sessions. So it's just a, it's like an awful place to be. So like when I got COVID, basically, I didn't feel too bad and I was okay. I got a little bit of a cough and I just thought, oh, just stay in for a little while. That's cool. No problem. But obviously you've got that like a normal person plus you are a um, you're, you're a motivated runner with lofty goals and all of a sudden you've got to put all that on hold as well and that's the big thing that hits you so I mean in, in fairness you know what you could do what you could do is you could stop all this um, running stupidity you could forget about being motivated you could forget about goals and stuff like that and then you'd be more like me and then you'd be able to deal with illness better what are your thoughts come to the dark side man I hear you I take it on board. I see what you're saying. But I'm going to label that plan F. <laughs> For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I am very excited to be speaking to today's guest. I know that may come as a little bit of a surprise to all of you, but I am very, very excited. It is Owen Everard, who is a physiotherapist. He has a PhD in biomechanics, and he is a sub-14-minute 5Ker, which is ridiculous time. And he's broken four minutes for the mile. Oh, and to add to that, he's also the current European over-35 3K champion. I think that will do, Owen. That's enough, isn't it? Welcome to the show, buddy. Good to... Good to chat to you. Jake, really excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I listen to it on run, so uh, delighted actually I can listen to myself for once, so it'd be great. Owen, I, I'm just so impressed by your 5K time because, you know, I'm not. A, I'm a non-running guy, but occasionally I do do 5Ks, and I must say, 5Ks are bloody awful, and I'm on board with you. Just get it over and done with as quickly as possible. It's definitely the best <laughs> yeah. way to go. <laughs> Sure is an incentive to run fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good one. It's, um, I just think the parkrun has done so much for people to kind of understand times and get people out and get people active. So it's, uh, yeah, it is a good one because while you could be, say, sub four for a mile or 339 for 1500, people don't know what that is. But if you've done a 5K in, say, 24 minutes or 22 minutes, or, you know, if you're sub 20, you're, you're a very, very good 5K runner. It just gives it a bit of perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Pe- people have a funny relationship with, with 5K, don't they? I, I think that's what I sense, Owen. I mean, I suppose I have a bit of a funny relationship with 5K. I, I, I tend to do kind of longer distances, more sort of half marathons. Marathons is probably the distance that really interests me personally. And a lot yeah. of the, the runners that I coach are kind of the bigger distances. And 5K definitely serves a purpose. But it's just such tough work, isn't it? Do you think park runners helped people want to kind of get into the world of 5K and push their time? And do you think it's helped people improve their training as well? Because obviously to run quicker over the 5K, which I want to ask you about, something you know a lot about, you can't just go out there and try and run 5K quicker each time you put your shoes on. You've got to break up the training and do some real specific stuff, haven't you? Do you think park runs helped? I mean, is 5K more of a... Uh, a kind of popular distance that you sense for people to race yeah I do think so um, because I felt like it's different for you and people you train but a lot of times what I was seeing uh, an issue say from a physiotherapy perspective was that people would do like one 5k and then because there was no kind of relationship to the time you run or improvement it was just like okay I've done 5k like we did a couch to 5k with people and they, these people had 
could not run. I mean, the first night we did it was like 30 seconds uh, walking, 30 seconds running to a minute walking, minute running. They finally got to be able to run 5K. And their first thought was, oh yeah, we'll just do the same thing now to get to 10K. And I was like, no, we can finally do sessions. So I think that having like a consistent park run allows people to like at least repeat the 5K and get a time on the board and have that idea of like, well, I want to get this time quicker. And then after a while, while doing a park run each week, as you said, isn't the best way to improve your time, it at least gets people in the habit of, I want to improve my 5k time. Because as you said, if you're doing half marathons and marathons, it's important to have a a coach. It's important not to have skipped steps to get there. You need to have like developed conditioning on your body. And I know people really want to do a marathon and that's fine. Um, if you've done the training, but get used to doing 5Ks, get used to doing 10Ks, get your body more developed for that, rather than someone still training, say, three times a week, doing six miles, six miles, and then 22 miles. It's just too big a jump. And and the body likes variety, right? So it's good to kind of mix things oh. up. And, and, and I know you're a big fan of this. We spoke on the phone last week, didn't we? And a great chat about uh, the sorts of things we could cover in the, in the show today, on the show today. And and mixing things up, variety, adding a bit of spice, uh, new stimulus to the body, albeit carefully, obviously. Otherwise, that means more uh, people coming to see you, obviously, for, for injury and whatnot. But getting that balance right is actually really, really important, isn't it? But the 5K is just... What I hear a lot is it's just a brutal distance to race, to actually just yeah. do. Because you can't settle into it, can you? It's just the gun goes, the starter horn goes, whatever and you go and that's it it's relentless what sort of thoughts and I guess tips do you have with your experience to kind of overcome the difficult moments in 5k or improve your relationship with that distance if that makes sense because it can be fearful yeah. people can fear it 100% and I came from a shorter distance so in this way I kind of know how it feels because my my first year running them I could not get over each time we got to like 3k into the race that I had another 2k. It was just like, I cannot believe I said this. And I was doing a debt march all the way home then. I think there's a couple of things, as you said, in the training itself, especially like the three weeks coming up to it, start to try add in like um, some kind of track work or some kind of like specific work so that could be like five by a k or a really nice session i like is like say a mile at your threshold pace then um 1200 meters at your 5k pace i like longer reps at your 5k pace because everybody can kind of uh cheat at 200 meters you just sprint as hard as you can and it doesn't replicate the the feeling and the rhythm that's needed then i do a 1200 meters at threshold pace uh, all with like a, a 400 meter jog so maybe two two three minutes off um a 1200 at threshold pace and 800 then at like quicker than 5k pace if you can and then an 800 at threshold pace and then last 400 at like kind of 1500 meter pace that's one that's like a key session i do 10 days out because it kind of gets your body used to running a little bit quicker and as you said having some strides at the end of uh, at the end of runs having a little bit of interval work but still have that threshold work so you're combining those so one session of like kind of track interval work one session of like threshold keep the aerobic uh doing the run this is a really good tip because you can get, get away with it with longer runs there's a couple i'll give you the first one is in the warm-up if you can when you do your jog you do your stretching 10 minutes 
before the race run a 30 second uh, 30 second stride at race pace you'll be breathing very hard there's a thing called vo2 kinetics so basically they did a study and what it found was that um people who had done that it took them six seconds to get to their 100 vo2 max people who had not done that it took them 30 seconds it's like that thing of we say in ireland getting your second wind it's like it allows you to get up to the speed of the running so you're not in that auction debt at the start the other thing then is um you know at the start of the race try be a bit more relaxed i find that people go out very very hard and it's even in a, in a 5k you should be for the first two and a half k quite relaxed now you'll be if you've done the track work you'll have that rhythm but it's more rhythm stay relaxed don't feel like you're overly pushing or if you're feeling relaxed don't continue to push and then the second half of the race is where you can really start um really start pushing to try gain pace uh, places so people can hurt too early in the 5k and then that vo2 kinetics can really help in your warm-up just to get you ready to get you up to speed that's really interesting, isn't it? And like we said there about people can hurt too early in a 5K. I mean, you, you can kind of settle too quick in any race, um, of course, of any distance, yeah. but you kind of know it in a 5K, don't you? Because it's so short and it can catch up with you so quickly. And then you yes, realise, yes. and, and then it can feel like such a long race. I thought it was interesting when you mentioned about your uh, kind of track background and, and working up the distance to kind of 5K that that awareness of my gosh you know if, how am I going to hang on for however long it is you've got to hang on for be that meters kilometers or even miles for kind of longer distance runners but I think when you're working hard over any distance at some point you you, you reach that point where you think god this I've, I've still got x amount of distance to go that is just a long time to be working hard because you're in that pain cave you're in that really uncomfortable challenging situation I love what you said about the whole warm-up thing because you want to you want to optimize your performance don't you which is what you're talking about there you, you refer to vo2 kinetics and making sure that you are fired up and ready to go and i guess that's even more important over a over a shorter distance than it is a longer distance because you have yeah, got time to warm up important. in a 5k like exactly. in the race exactly. itself yeah it's like the pace differential like if you're warm if you're warming up in a, a marathon or even 10ks i find it and i still do it for 10k but you, you have more time to get into it and the the big the big push at the start isn't the same. Um, you know, you can kind of ease into it. You have 26 uh, miles. I do find the longer races, as you said there, um, where I'm saying try be relaxed at the start of a 5K. It is the opposite. And you know a lot more than me and this, Jake, that when I've done, say, 10 miles or, or a half marathon, it's it's like a yo-yo. It's like, that's different. Like, don't feel like if, if you're on pace at, at two miles I remember doing a hard 10, 10 miler race and it's like first mile I felt unbelievable, second mile I felt terrible, third mile I felt good and it was only about seven miles in I was like oh I feel like I can actually get through this so there is those yo-yos um, but yeah definitely for the warm-up uh, for that 5k that would be a big tip. I see a lot of people um, not do that, not do that kind of key stride and it does really um it can make you panicky at the start of the race because you're really trying to catch your breath. It, you're a little bit disorientated. Having that in allows you to very quickly switch back to um, like the type of race pace you need. 
Yeah, I want to stay on the topic of warm-up for a little while, if I can, Owen, because I know it's something you're yes, super passionate yeah. about. Me, me as well. And when you talk about catching your breath, otherwise, if you if you're not properly warmed up before you go into a short distance race like a 5k and to me that that i i have images of like being out of rhythm when you say things like that so like you yes. you know your, your breathing's a little bit erratic you're not in in that state of flow that rhythm where everything feels like it's in 100 you know your stride and your breath and even your arm swings you know the whole thing is not really working like clockwork which is kind of where you want to be ideally if you're racing 5k what does a typical 5k warm-up look like do you think you've mentioned some of the things there kind of like strides and stuff but like how long do you think it should be and and, and i'm trying to put ourselves you and i here you know as a physiotherapist and somebody that's so experienced in this distance myself as a coach trying to put ourselves in the shoes of other people that perhaps either new to 5k or want to really race a 5k like what can they do to to really improve because People shortcut warm-ups if they do them at all, don't they? I, I sense. Yeah, and if then, they do them all. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is not ideal. So what, what? how does it look, do you think? What should they do? So what they should do, I'll just very quickly go through what we, like an elite runner would do. Great. So usually they will run, um, say, 15 minutes of a warm-up. It depends. Longer guys could go 20, but they're obsessed with getting their mileage in, even if it's a race. So you do a kind of 15-minute warm-up. We do some, like, short static stretching holes then or you might have done some foam rolling before you've gone for a war for your warm-up you do your jog you do a little bit of stretching then you go into drills the the common drills these can differ but the common drills are like high knees bum kicks if you're doing bum kicks keep your knees out in front so even though you're still trying to get your heel to your bum keep your knee out in front it kind of teaches correct mechanics as opposed to flicking your legs behind you um, it's it's not something you want to practice and then you might do side to sides and with those each time what you're doing is so if I do my high knees I'll just do dynamic stretching of my hamstring walking back and my calves when I'm doing my bum kicks I'll do my stretching of my quads if I'm doing side to side kind of strides obviously that's a stretch on the groins and then I'll just stretch my um, like holding for two seconds my glutes then as I said you might what I would do then is I would just do one longer stride. So now we're maybe like 20 minutes out, um, 15 minutes out maybe. One longer stride for 30 seconds at like race pace. I'll be breathing heavy. Um, I'll just either walk or jog back. I'll change into my racers or my spikes, depending on where the race is. And then we'll do um, shorter strides, like three or four of those. Walk back, jog, drink some water. So the... That longer stride is where we're breathing. Now we're just kind of firing up the nervous system. That's obviously a long time. It's about 45 minutes. Um, for a normal person, if you were just even doing like a 5-10 minute, uh, minute jog before you run, stretch the areas that generally get tight for you. I would then do those high knees, those bum kicks and those side to sides. Not only because we've talked about doing park runs every week. They're great, as you were saying, great variety keeps the body healthy, keeps your movement. Because with running, we're in that small range of motion. Having these drills in allows you to move through the range of motion, allows you to improve each week. Then I would do just that long stride. I would come back. If I was changing my shoes, I would do it then. And then maybe three shorter strides and you're done. So it might take you 20 minutes max, 15. It's great that you started with an elite warm-up, actually, Owen, because I think it's funny because I often say that there's there's not, 
that or there's a similarity between uh, people that run recreational, for want of a better phrase, versus elites in that they still want to achieve things. They're still goal orientated. In fact, sometimes I mean, you, you're laughing here. Sometimes they're more yeah. ambitious than elites because they chase the clock every time they put the shoes on. Whereas elites won't always chase a the time. They're chasing their competitors. Yeah, they might have a race. Finish position. So it is different in many respects. But I think the similarity there of taking things or the importance rather of taking things from what the elites do and moulding it and shaping it to you in your own level and what works for you. You touched on stretch the muscles that you know are tight so this is about uh, this is this is about personalizing the warm-up that's as well. why i think, I think it's so helpful. important because sometimes we like there's no difference in the time and effort between an elite runner and uh, a non-elite runner so if you're go- if you're taking time from your day and a lot of times like i've i've been an elite runner i've done physio for them like that's all they have to do they get up they train they sleep they train to eat that's it whereas like if you have kids at home you got to walk a dog you got to get to work it's like that's why I do recommend people have coaches like yourself because you're doing the hard bit you're getting out there and it's so frustrating when you see people they're doing the same run or as I said they're getting ready for a marathon they're putting a lot of work in and the the, the training is just randomly off like say uh, a website and it's just not specific it's like it, like as a physio there's nothing better if i see someone come in they have a goal it could be to break four hours or five hours and they do it there's no difference in the buzz you get from you achieving a goal or someone getting to the olympics i can tell you that for an absolute fact having worked with both people i think that's a massive takeaway owen i really appreciate you sharing that and you know we we talk about that warm-up and optimizing your performance and then you're in that 5k or that race and you want to do as well as you can just like an elite runner wants to do as well as they can talking about the warm-up still that jog that easy warm-up you talk about okay elite here but like 15 minutes uh, warm-up what sort of effort wise you know what does that look like how should that start do you do, do people just run their typical easy pace for 15 minutes warming up for 5k what's your thoughts on that yeah generally they're easy pace like the kenyans will go like you know they say they can bring their mother on that one they they start they could literally start at 10 minute miles yeah no that's true and especially afterwards it's like called the kenyan shuffle so um some of the longer runners have a hard time slowing down they kind of just have that one pace so they but I would go like 730s like you would try get maybe two miles done um but again it's like you're not trying to get any aerobic benefit there you're just trying to warm up so take it nice and easy um you know the race is to come so you don't want to be tired at all uh yeah so just really easy pace and as I said I've seen very very elite people doing 10 minute miles I've seen people uh I, very rare now you'd see like people who would normal long runs and six minute miles would do that in like seven seven thirty not just connected to warm-up but you mentioned strides and i'm a big fan of strides i really like strides i give a lot of my runners strides just tell me like for people that perhaps don't know and even for people that perhaps do how would you define strides and what what are the benefits of them really why should people be putting them in their in their workouts there's three things that make you run fast vo2 max you can't really change Lactic threshold, you can change a lot. And I know you've done, you you recommend, say, two tests a year. And I could not recommend that more for people. The third one is running economy. Now, so for performance-wise, that's basically how smoothly you run. So if you do strides, by running faster, it teaches your body how to run more efficiently. So adding strides in will help your running performance. So there's two places where we put them in. One before a, 
a workout or a, a session because um you know it prepares the body for the the workout and second is the day before the workout at the end of the run we can do like hill strides 15 seconds starting at about 70 percent moving up to about 90 percent you never should be overly pushing anything that you're doing so it's just to open up the legs stay relaxed but you're just intentionally trying to run a bit quicker and if you're intentionally trying to run a bit quicker over the weeks you will be so surprised if you started that with someone on day one and you both intentionally tried to run a bit quicker for like say 10 seconds if that person never did it and they met you in four weeks time you would be putting so much distance on them and you would still only intentionally be trying to run a bit quicker from an injury prevention point of view there's two things that cause running injuries. So running injuries are all to the passive systems of the body. It's all the Achilles tendon, the plantar fascia, plantar fascia, the knee pain. Nobody gets a hamstring tear or a quad tear like they do in soccer or field sports because we don't really use our muscles and we use the exact same range of motion. So if you have the same little loop you do, you're just kind of running in the same range of motion. So by adding strides, you're doing two things. One, you're opening up your stride. You're getting the joints moving. Joints moving causes a thing called synovial fluid to move. That's like the oil that we need. So you need to get that oil moving. The second thing is it lengthens and by trying to stride quicker, you really are turning on and activating the muscles. Now you might think, oh, will that give me an increased chance of injury? It's like, no, we don't really use these muscles. What you're going to do is it activates them and switches them on. So now the muscles can take pressure off the areas that are overloaded. It's like if it's like if you, Jake, and Pete went into a bar, right? And Pete is sleeping in the car and someone starts a fight with you. You're on your own. However, if Pete is awake and beside you and someone starts, now Pete might leg it, but uh, most people would help you out. And it's the same. If the muscular system has been woken up through strides or through... through through things like, you know, Pilates once a week or strength training once a week, it will naturally, you don't have to do anything. It will naturally take pressure off the, off the joints. And especially those who do um, half marathons, marathons, longer distance, they really need that strides or supplementary training to activate those muscles to make sure that they're getting to the line in the best shape possible. It's great to get your take on strides. I'm a big fan of them myself. And I think that they are so simple in essence they don't take up a lot of time you can do them relatively freely but they give you such a big return like bang for your book and when you're talking about that economy and improving your running movement you want to run well so the physical form of running not so much the fitness and the cardiovascular benefit i think a lot of people think about that when they first start running and they want to achieve times but then perhaps if they get struck with injury then they start to think maybe about actually running well in terms of physical form how can i improve that and that's where strides really come into play i think i'm interested to know your thoughts on this i think it's an important distinction to make because i sense for some people with strides they can view it as they can view it as sprints first of all which is like maximum speed stuff which it isn't in my view and secondly they can view it as a as a like a workout and it's not a workout. It's not like a threshold session. It's not like the, the, the mixed bag of threshold work and 1,200-meter repetitions that you were talking about earlier. No, not at all. It's like a drill, isn't it? It's like a, a building your technique. It's like an add-on. You know, you spoke about being able to do these on hills at the end of a session and, and things like that. I think that's an important yes. distinction to make. So I'm interested to get your view on that. I'm guessing from nodding away you agree with that. Also, pace-wise, we just ignore pace, right? Or do we need to focus on pace when it comes to strides? Does it matter? Ignore pace... 
No, it's like you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. These are not sprints. These are not, um, oh my God, I have to do these strides. I'm going to be I'm really tired afterwards. This is just intentionally trying to run a little bit quicker than you were. And the more, I've done, I've done strides where I was like, you know what, I'll really try and improve. And you actually do hurt your hamstring. Just your body will be kind of stiff at the start. So you won't be running that much quicker. But if you just repeat them over time. And as you said, if you have a, a a seven mile run to do and you're like, I have no time, run a six and a half mile, six and a half miles and add in these strides. They'll make so much difference. If you're like, I can't even stop to walk back and jog, just run a little bit harder for 30 or for 10 seconds and jog easy for 30 seconds. And then maybe build that up to 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off for the last five minutes of your run. Because as you said, it gets that running economy and reduces that injury risk. But definitely, they're not a strike. They're not a sprint. I like them going uphill as well because the effort, the muscles are working harder. But because you're going at less speed, even though they're working harder, they're not being like lengthened or stretched. Like if you're sprinting down a hill, there's a lot of load on the muscular system there. So I like doing uphill of a gradient, you know, only not a really steep hill, very gentle hill. It will mean that your muscles are working hard, but you're actually going not that much yeah, quicker that. than normal. Yeah, that's a nice little technique that, and I think sometimes it's just being a little bit clever with your training, isn't it? And and embracing it. So something with strides that I think is easy to misunderstand, as well as kind of it's not top end, you know, maximum sprinting for your life type stuff. It's yes. just running well. You want to feel relaxed because the aim is to improve your running economy. That's one of the aims. So if you are tightening up the muscles because you're running too fast, then 100%. you're losing economy. You're not developing and improving your economy. I think the other thing is that that recovery in between, because I see quite a few people, and I think I've probably done this myself, like historically speaking, Owen, where the rest is just like, I don't need the rest, just like crack on. You know, I'm time poor, I've got to get back, I've got stuff to do, I've got to yeah, eat yeah, yeah. Just, oh, Okay, I, yeah, yeah, I'm recovered now, I'll go again in the strides. You, you need to give yourself sufficient rest. So I think it's definitely worth... If you're listening to this and thinking, do you know what? I'm actually going to give some strides a go. I've heard of these things before. I don't really do them. I need to give them a go. I'm, I'm listening to what Jake and Owen are saying. I would definitely recommend being patient with it and cut your run short a little bit if you don't have the time, which is what you're saying. You know, you've got to, got to yeah. get clever with your time management, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Like, if you have the time, jog back, do a little bit of stretching, but add these in any way you can. Doing them a little bit, um, will really make a difference. You know, even if he said, I don't have the time, don't even stop running. Just quicken your stride and then slow down slower than you are currently running. I want people as well to go back about a minute and a half. Jake talked about there that you should not be tense doing these. These are about improving your run economy. If you can just go back maybe two minutes, listen to the way he said that. That was really, really, really well put, Jake. That That's the essence of strides that people don't get. This is just getting you moving a bit freer. I always used to say when I was on this on the track, looking good, feeling easy. That's how these strides should feel. You should feel like if someone is looking at me now, they go, wow, like, wow, he's a good runner. That's how you should feel. It's like if someone looked over now, it's like, God, he, he or she is moving so smoothly. So have that in your head. That's like, imagine someone's watching me and I just want to show I'm moving well, but looking, re- feeling really easy. So you, you hit the nail on the head by keeping the shoulders relaxed just slightly try to improve and if you have the patience you will be shocked in like four to ten weeks like doing this maybe once or twice a week 
in strides before a workout are a no-brainer and then maybe once before a, once at the end of a, an easy run how much yeah, and it's about getting the most bang for your buck because we are time poor we've got stuff to do we want to run we've got goals we, like you said we're not elite athletes we've got busy lives so I think it's important to, to, to look at the things that actually what's going to give me the biggest return for the time that I'm putting in. That's what I want. And if yeah. strides are one of those things, you might have overlooked them. You might have thought, oh, strides, pff, don't need them. They're just, oh, what's the, I don't really understand them now. I won't bother. Actually, they're really beneficial is what we're saying. So easy to put in, definitely worth doing. I really like that. I really like that. Looking good, feel easy. You didn't mention pace there. You didn't mention, oh, people are looking at me no. and they're noting how fast I'm running. You said people are looking, you know, looking good, feel no, easy. No, no. If it feels easy and you feel like you're looking good, you feel in the right place in the right moment and you're you're assembling your joints, your limbs correctly, you're running well with these strides, for example, then go with it, accept it. Don't then look at your watch and then kind of get negative yeah. about, oh, I should, I, I should be I running quicker. Exactly, that it's not much slower. Can I just make one point as well with that? Do not try intentionally to run a certain way. Just run like imagine you like someone's looking it's like he looks like he's moving fast. He's feeling easy. People can. There was a good study that showed that people who concentrate on their stride, people who concentrate on their breathing, ran slower and with more running economy than people who just watch the TV. So your subconscious brain is so much more powerful than your conscious brain is. So just if you've done the strides naturally over time, you'll start running it better. If you if you have the good building blocks from doing some base work, like good mobility drills or strength work, you'll naturally run better. You'll get yourself into more trouble, I believe, trying to run, say, on your toes or like really straight up. Just 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 intentionally go, I'm gonna feel good and I'm just gonna try pick this up. And the body is a powerful thing, it will do it's most of the work. It's interesting you say you. that. Because, and this is almost like we've rehearsed this scripting when you're saying things. I'm going, God, yeah, I want to pick up on that. And you're doing the same. I, think I know, I'm buzzing that, off you here, Jake. I'm yeah, yeah. With, uh, yeah well, I said we're going to get you back on the show in the future, but I'm just not sure you're passionate enough, Owen. Maybe if you could just work <laughs> on that ready for the next chat. That'd be awesome for part two. But I'm going to think... run 10 miles as hard as I can right now. <laughs> exactly. But I think with, I think with the, the, the strides as we, as, we, as we keep talking about, when you, another, another advantage, I think, is when you're running fast you naturally start to run better even without thinking about it. You just, everything becomes yeah. a bit more purposeful. You're not, you don't feel like as sloppy and as sort of sluggish. Does that make sense? Irrespective of how fit you are or fast you are in terms of actual minutes per mile or speed or whatever, you, you just naturally start to run a bit more purposeful. I'm sure if I, if I, we were together and said, right, now run at your easy pace, plod, recovery jog, right, now pick up the pace. All of a sudden people would run taller, they'd maybe a little bit more leaning forward, a little bit more on the balls of the feet potentially. So you will naturally get these benefits anyway which is what you're saying kind of that subconscious let your subconscious sow the seeds prime the mind yes. and then let the let the subconscious do its work when you're out there running and racing let it yes, use exactly. and apply what you've built in the strides i really like that i've got to ask you this question now obviously we've spoken a lot about strides and we're not just talking about 5k running either we we've, we've hopefully got that message across that strides are really beneficial and useful across the board so definitely worth including more more beneficial for the longer distances because in 5k training you're naturally with the track work that you're going to do or it doesn't have to be track work it's like three minutes you know four minutes for a k just just run harder for four minutes what feels like 5k pace um for marathon training you're not going to have a track session you know you're going to have maybe threshold and then aerobic threshold which is kind of marathon pace so uh for those people 
so much more important as like an injury prevention tool if you just added strides that would do a lot of that's work. a great point from somebody that knows physiotherapist top 5k runner but like you say distance yeah you're filling in the gaps aren't you you're plugging in those little holes those gaps in your training with some strides because naturally you're not going to be doing the faster stuff so so much of it the shorter stuff i like that i really like that exactly and as well like this is injury prevention but this is also as you said for performance it's like it's much easier to improve five things by one percent than one thing by five percent so just upping your distance all the time like you, when you get very elite at that, there's not that much margin to improve. Whereas like if you're doing no strides, your running economy could probably come on a lot with with like with that time. You know, if you improved your nutrition or your um you know, your your hydration strategy or your fueling strategy by one percent, these things will probably make a lot bigger um improvements in your overall time than just increasing your mileage. I like it. And, and a lot of people do focus just purely on mileage, you know, weekly volume, What, how many miles did I run when I get my Strava report at the oh, end of 100%. every month? And it, we know that it's not all about that. It's how are those miles made up, that no. volume? What did you, how, how did you spend your time running? Not just did you run and how much of it, it's a factor, but there's lots of other moving parts as well. I want to ask you about cadence because this is a hot topic. It's... You know, oh man, yeah, it can blows people's mind. Like we're saying, faster, shorter stuff, you're going to generally have a higher cadence. Cadence is how many steps you take per minute. Where do you sit on cadence in terms of, is there an optimum number? 180 is often thrown around. Where, where are you and, and do you think it's worth spending some time on improving it? And if so, how do we do that? No. Okay, cool. No, it's not important. I think, look, there is, look, and this is more personal opinion than like, complete research because you could have someone in who's done it but my like I said my background is biomechanics and human movement we we were talking about that with the subconscious we so so underestimate that the subconscious I'll tell you a good story so there was a guy there's two guys when I was growing up like in Ireland they were European champion so one was European champion the second guy was silver medal and this guy could not win a local race because he was still number two to this guy. So the first guy naturally was really nice on his toes, like just had an unbelievable stride. The second guy, who's an unbelievable runner, said, like, I'm not beating him. I'm just going to start running on my toes. And he was so disciplined, he ran on his toes every day. Like he just constantly did it. And he did change his stride. He did change his style. He was finished in the sport at age 20 with a double Achilles uh, a double Achilles tendon surgery needed because your body if if you if you're doing strides if you have say the appropriate amount of strength if you have good mobility you give your body the building blocks to do things if it's not running at a cadence of 180 if it's down at 170 or if it's higher than that there's a reason and if you try force your body to do certain like run on your toes um run a certain amount of steps it'll cause other issues now that being said there's a couple of things you can do to try improve your running economy one is good mobility focus on if you're looking at drills ankle and hip and upper back um then for stability focus on uh the hips as well and balance and core stability i actually have like a six minute routine we can just put in the show notes if you want like a youtube it's like they're my kind of best drills and if people just did those say three by ten they would say quite 
injury free or moving well the last thing you could do to improve your stride your cadence this is the only thing i would recommend one is our strides that we talked about if you were trying to improve your cadence put little obstacles in the way when you're striding so put like a you know like you could have a mat if it was indoor you could have a mat you could have a couple of little sticks you could have lines along that you don't hit what that will do is it'll make you very conscious of where you're landing which will naturally most likely shorten your stride to get back to the cadence because people generally go go too long okay so if you have the mobility in your ankles and your hips in particular and, and upper back if you have good stability with your balance and around your glutes and so your knees not buckling in and then lastly if you wanted that you're doing strides you're doing the drills like high knees or a skips the last last thing you could do is put little obstacles like a you know like a slight log or a stick just different places where you're running so as you're striding you can't just naturally start hitting the ground sometimes barefoot running as well is a really good one for that just be careful with it uh start with no more than five minutes it'll just again it'll kind of naturally shorten your stride so you see the things that i'm saying with the obstacles with the barefoot running it's clicking into that subconscious i'm never saying go on your toes or try shorten your stride in particular or try lengthen your stride these things won't work i feel like over time they'll, they'll lead to injuries it sounds like a really natural approach with the things that you're saying like naturally let your body discover how to do it you know putting these obstacles in the way you will naturally avoid them and and find your rhythm and your yeah. cadence and, and and i also like when you said that this is coming from your own personal experience we want that when we speak to our guests and experts on the on the show i mean because i think that's really important because you know not everything follows a textbook and and while science can underpin a lot of things and training and racing and all these things where running's concerned and fitness in general actually we also want that personal experience you know what works for you yeah, a credible guy like you with the achievements that you've got with how long you've been running match with your passion to help people what have you learned what works for you and the people that you've seen you know i think i think it's really important to share that and then people can take away from those that from from that information what they feel they uh what they feel will benefit them and they can apply in their own training yeah and like definitely the research does so that like external cues so like say to keep your head steady rather than saying keep my head steady it's like just focus further down where you're running works better just naturally you know um rather than squeeze your glutes like pushing into the ground will work better but yeah as you said it's it's kind of good person's experience but i haven't completely looked at all the research regarding like stride mechanics but i do know it's a big thing that people do and i just personally i just don't think it's uh it's something i would never ever recommend what are you doing at the moment training wise yourself personally are you, are you still racing and pushing and competing are you 5ks what are you doing yeah well i ran i ran my first 5k in fourteen zero zero, and then i got the dreaded uh covid i got the vinzies so um took oh, me out man. uh yeah unfortunately but uh yeah so just took a break there and um I'll just be getting back into it gradually. I like then taking my off season to do a bit more gym, a bit of yoga, swimming, and then I'll over that month start getting back into training and hopefully have a good cross country season with my uh, my local team. Awesome. Who's the local team? We're Kilkenny City Harriers actually. So we have one guy who's coming back, Peter Lynch. He's from he was over in Tulsa on um, on scholarship. So he came twelfth in the NCAA's. So we've always missed one guy who could run who could nearly get into the medals and then we have a bunch of us who can be kind of like top 10 top 20 so our club we're very local we're very small we've never won 
and all Ireland. We've never won a national championship, so putting it out there, we're go- we're coming for the rest of Ireland here. <laughs> Roll on November. You can update us when we next speak. You, you certainly look fit and well, certainly over COVID now. So go and smash it, Owen. It's been an absolute pleasure ch- talking to you on the show. If people want to catch up with you and the services that you offer, uh, we'll link your website in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast just in case you missed that Uh, also you did mention the little video with some exercises in there a youtube video i'll put that in the show notes yeah let's do that um we'll make sure we upload that as well i can also put in the show notes jake i have a book with just like i write articles for like say the paper here so i can it's just my best articles on kind of training or injury prevention so it's it's everardpilates.com forward slash book but we can just put it in the show notes as well it's free yeah yeah we'll do that let's upload everything to the show notes page this is it look just cancel your plans for the next week because you're going to be online reading the show notes page it's going to be huge and then you're going to be smashing your strides and your 5k's it's going to be amazing going to be amazing tell your wife or tell your husband holidays cancelled it's show notes for us oh god Owen I've got one more question for you before you dash off one more question one more question are you ready for the question yeah this is your weekly dose of running motivation what does the word motivation mean to you? I don't know. You don't know. Motivation is, yeah, motivation is having a goal or just enjoying what you're doing. This is one of those moments where afterwards Owen's going to think, oh, I should have said this. I just... I'm definitely going to think of that on a, re- a run and go, okay, we need to redo the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to this question. Message me when you've thought about it. But I think I, I, I'm always motivated by mm. running just in general, though, why I don't think... People can sometimes get like transfixed on times. Just remember, if you're out running, like you're probably healthier than 98% of the world's population and you can do something that we don't, we don't, we don't, we take it for granted just how lucky it is to be fit and healthy and being able to run and listen to this podcast out. So like that's kind of the motivation for me a lot of times. There you go. We got there. That was better. That was better. You're such a motivated dude that you should have just said, it's a way of life, man. It's just a way of life. Because it is. That's just a way of life for you. You're so motivated. Okay, let's cut. It's just a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Owen, great to chat. Catch up soon, man. Jake P, thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. Talking of COVID, yes, I am feeling a little bit better now. But do you know one thing? Do you know one thing that I was very focused on during my illness... My bout of illness. Tell me. Healthy nutrition. Looking after myself. Looking after myself from the inside out. With the help of today's sponsor, Athletic Greens, none less than. AG1 from Athletic Greens is what we've both been taking. Have you spotted the differences? I mean, COVID aside, have you noticed what it's done for you? Because obviously there's a whole lot of supplements and good stuff going into your body through one simple drink that you that you mix up yourself. Um, you know, take it every morning. I'm, I'm having it before breakfast. That's how you're advised to have it on an, on an empty stomach. Every morning you're getting a whole bunch of supplements, you're getting a whole bunch of vitamins, you're getting a whole bunch of really good stuff um, in one pretty tasty drink. I'm enjoying the taste of it as well. Um, have you noticed the differences? Well, we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, the guys from Athletic Greens, AG1, we both started taking. And I've been so focused on it particularly feeling rubbish because you just want to do everything you can to get yourself feeling good again. So I've been feeling better day by day. I've been taking the AG1. Is it because of the AG1? I mean, look, the reality is 
you know that healthy nutrition, vitamins, it's going to be good for you. I don't think anybody would argue that point. So the fact that I'm taking this daily, I feel good about it. Does that make sense? It makes me feel good, whether, whether that's a combination of, of mentally and physically. I'm sure there's an element of, of it making you feel good psychologically because you feel like you're looking after yourself and you're doing positive things for the body, right? So it's obviously going to have an impact. But for me, you mentioned taste. It was quite funny because at first I wasn't sure how this was going to taste. And when I first had it, it was a little bit different. I was like, that's interesting. I don't really know how I feel about that. But the more I've had it, the more I've got used to it. I actually really like it, like yourself. And I've just, just part of my routine now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't have, breakfast wouldn't taste as good without it before it, I'm sure. Do you know, the, the great thing is as well, and I know that we're very conscious of, uh, of, of climate change and all that really important stuff. Athletic Greens is actually a climate neutral certified company. So whatever they're doing isn't damaging the planet or the climate in any way whatsoever. So obviously that's great. And you know how I talk about me being a tightwad all the time? This basically costs the same as like a coffee a day. So, you know, it's not, it's not expensive and um, and it is good and I, I must say that the, the one thing that I've noticed and we talked a little bit about that sort of mental positivity that you touched on there I mentioned that last week but one thing and I'm not going to go into massive detail um, but over the last I'd say five to six years and, and you'll have to excuse me for this right but if I had a steak or some rich food and I'm talking like maybe fish and chips or something like that from fish and chip shop all that good food that you really like but unfortunately over the last few years it's made me go kind of like rushing to the bathroom shortly afterwards and I'm not even joking and then when when I get to the bathroom it's never it's it's always a bit of a mess um and I'm, I'm trying to say this and be you know and not be like a dirty teenage boy about it and laugh about it because it's not funny. It's going well. It's going Thank well. Thank you. Thanks. But genuinely, what I noticed, I've had a couple of fish and chips in the last in the last few weeks um, while I've been on Athletic Greens uh, AG1, and I got to tell you, mate, everything stuck together a lot better. Like genuinely, I didn't expect that. Listen, you d- you don't have to apologise for going down this avenue, by the way, Pete. This is a running show. Our audience. They're runners. They get it. To make it easy for you, if you fancy it, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash running. That's specially for you because you're a listener of Running With Jake. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash running to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and it'll help stick things together. And now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Samantha, who wants to know when the best time to book a half marathon is in relation to a marathon as part of marathon training. Samantha, typically I advise around seven weeks out from your main race, from the marathon, to consider uh, looking at a, a half marathon race within that time. And the reason being, you want to then carry on and get stuck back into training for the marathon. So a half marathon can be uh, a good little break in the training. It can be a nice little reward for your uh, efforts so far. And it can also give you a good idea of where your fitness is at and any changes or tweaks that you may need to make. So obviously you need the time to be able to do that after the half marathon. So circa seven weeks is a good time frame. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is I always like to take three or four easy days or rest days before and after uh, a race that is part of your training for another race. So the half marathon is not your main target, but you still need a few easy slash rest days leading up to and afterwards. 
I hope that helps. Good luck with the races. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That's a wrap for today's episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. A massive thank you to today's guest, Owen Everard. Don't forget to join us next week for more running motivation. We'll be back. I hope to see you there. Oh, and one more thing. A healthy outside starts from the inside. <laughs>